Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Welcome to Chillin' with Ice with me, Lori Fetrick, or most of you know me as Ice from the American Gladiators. Thank you for joining me on this podcast where we're going to dive in and go behind the scenes on the number one hit iconic show of the 90s. It's time to get up close and personal on what drove us to be gladiators, what challenges we faced, and how we overcame to reach all of our goals. I know in this first season, inquiring minds want to know, was there drama, fights, hookups? Are we all still friends? What did we do in our personal lives and how are we staying in such good shape years later? Well, stay right here and let's get into Chillin' with Ice. Before we dive into our incredible episode today, I want to let you know that this is a self-funded podcast and I would love your support. For the cost of a cup of coffee a month, you can donate to my Patreon page and that would make all the difference in the world. For the small donation, you will get back so much in rewards, like you can watch all of my podcasts on video. I will have exclusive content like behind-the-scenes footage, a private Facebook group where you can interact with me directly and other VIP fans, a monthly Q&A, direct shout-outs and follows from me to you on your social media, and so much more. Find me on Patreon at Chillin' With Ice or click the link in the show notes now. Okay, let's dive in. Welcome to Chillin' with Ice with me, your host, Lori Fetrick. And most of you know me as Ice Ice Baby from the American Gladiators. And I am very excited about this new podcast. And I'd like to introduce my guest co-host for the next two to three episodes. This is April. She is my girlfriend of 13 years. And I thought, who better to actually interview me than somebody who knows me really, really well <laughs> that, yeah. you know, yeah, can interview me and cut through the bullshit, let's say. <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, but I'm so thank you for being here. here. Yeah, it's going to be you. a lot of fun. I'm glad to be chilling with you today. That's right. And we're going to go through today. Basically, this episode is going to be about my life, let's say, before the American Gladiators, because nobody has really ever asked me questions about, hey, what was it like? You know, when you're a teenager or high school or you know, bodybuilding, anything like that, we've never had anything like that. So that's mm. what this episode's going to be about. And we're going to have a lot of fun with it. So I would say, you know what, let's just dive in. Okay. What do you think that my fans slash audience would actually love to hear, you know, that really has never been asked before? Well, I think we're going to start with, you know, what was it like to be ice? You know, what was it like to be that iconic kind of superhero type character in the 90s. Well, it's interesting you say superhero and I know that we've <laughs> talked about this before, but I guess I guess I just don't see the the superhero part. I I mean, yeah, we are in uniform, red, white and blue. So yeah, it kind of I yeah. I can see it, but I don't, I guess. Well, you were you were superheroes to you know, a lot of kids, even adults. I mean, saw you as this um icon, these strong confident yeah ninja turtle type we were before them. characters 
But no, I hear what you're saying. I get <laughs> you know what, what I mean? you're saying. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I guess back then, you know, it was television. There wasn't the social media. Mm-hmm. So if you were on TV, yeah. I mean, it's like, that was, that was it, man. You were like, it was, you know, pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And I understand that because, you know, I mean, the show was huge. Yeah. Okay. So I actually had to write down some statistics on this and it ran for eight years. Mm-hmm. And actually there was 208 episodes, mm-hmm. 32 gladiators, which I have no idea who all 32 are. Even though there were 32. I yeah. Mean, we'll, we'll go 10. through that in the, a couple episodes, but yeah, 32 gladiators. Okay. Um, and actually there was 24 games and mm-hmm. I, I, I can't, I can't name all 24 games, but I know there's the handful of games. Maybe they can. Probably. You know, we can ask that question. But it was a a huge franchise. And I I don't think a lot of people understood about what the franchise meant, which Mm -hmm. means that like the UK, um, let's see, Australia, Germany, South Africa, Sweden, um, Australia, Finland. Well, they had their own teams. You know, they literally had their own gladiator teams. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it was just... Um, the UK that no. had it. I didn't mm-hmm. even know. Yeah, other countries did. So, wow. and this ran in so many countries. And I tried to look up how many countries it was actually broadcast, and I couldn't even find that out. Wow. Mm. But yes, it was huge. Interesting. Yeah. Were the characters named the same, or were they? Did some they have of them transferred over. Some of them they made their own. Okay. You know, Very I got to say that when I found out that the UK had name someone ice uh-huh. and it was just probably it was i don't want to say recently but it was years ago i was like what what they oh, took my the, name oh that was the newer i think that was a newer yeah. show that was not that it was maybe a while back exactly yeah so what do you think my my audience and fans would like to hear well i think we need to start with like you know what led up to you becoming ice so why don't we start with uh where did you grow up like what was your family life like Back in what, the 70s, I'd say? Oh my God, it Ish. seems like so long ago. What was it like? What was your, you know? What yeah, was it was back in the 70s. Like? Yeah. Um, I grew up in San Bernardino, California. Mm-hmm. And it was um, it was a small, normal street. Um, when I say normal, that means like there was a bunch of families on it. And mm-hmm. so there was kids ranging from uh, three to five years younger to three to five years older. So it was kind of perfect, you know? Yeah. And think about it back then in the seventies, it was super safe back then mm-hmm. or safer than it is way now. I mean, we left our doors open. We were playing outside until dark, you know, all that That's kind crazy. of fun stuff. Um, kids in the street. Yeah, you completely. Never see kids in the street anymore. Yeah, playing hide yeah. and go seek, jumping off roofs, you yeah. know, riding your bike, your skateboards, you know, so it was yeah. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, we as a family, I mean, I'm going to say that, yeah, we were kind of poor. You know, my dad worked, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. and that's the way it was back then. Yeah. And my mom made our clothes. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting because I look back then and go, wow, you know, we got we got to go out and go clothes shopping maybe once every two years. Yeah. I think we have a photo of that, actually. Oh, my God. We? This is, yeah. A photo of you and your mom's made clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Check this out, as a matter of fact. This is me. And I believe that pattern right there. It's kind of cute because I think I picked it out as a matter of fact. And this will show on the um, screen. And it was strawberries, like the whole shirt, the whole pattern was strawberries. But yeah, my mom made my clothes, you know. Yeah. Um, And what I remember back in that time, too, growing up is 
Um, my mom was really, really heavily into this one church and we tease her today that it was a cult, you know, and I don't know, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I know it kind of did, but it was, um, and, and the church is actually dismantled and there's like little small portions of it around the United States. I think it's, it's dismantled. Right. Exactly. The worldwide church of God. But the reason I bring this up is because it was such an impact on my life as a little kid that, I mean, they, the rules they had, like, um, we did have, um, Sabbath on Saturdays. So from sundown Friday night to sundown Saturday, like no TV, no nothing. Okay. That's devastating for a kid basically. Cause Saturday morning cartoons. Come on. Like, we couldn't watch them. I, we must, I don't know. Did you rub sticks together? Yeah, or... exactly. <laughs> Lick bottle caps. It was, <laughs> it was one of those kind of situations to where, um, we couldn't eat large. So therefore no donuts. Oh my God. That's my favorite. And we didn't, the big thing here is they didn't believe in the traditional holidays, mm -hmm. Christmas, Easter, our birthdays, anything that's traditional as far as holidays, we did not celebrate. Like what religion was this? They just took a lot of different things from, you know, Seventh-day Adventist, Jehovah Witness, Catholic, Baptist. They took them all. I don't want to say the bad things. Like so don't get me wrong. Things. But all the, you know. Yeah. And the thing of it was, is that I would, as a kid, you know, you'd mm -hmm. go to school and like everybody was celebrating and, and, you know, making having fun with the holidays. And I couldn't understand why we could not participate as yeah, kids. I can't even imagine that because that was so a huge part of my yeah. Of my childhood was the so holidays. That's one thing that definitely, as I was, you know, mm -hmm. growing up, I remember. Okay. Did you ever go on vacations? Our idea of vacation was camping. Okay. I wasn't on a plane. <laughs> You're going to laugh. I wasn't on a plane until I was 21. And I'm not even joking. Wow. What was well, that well like? we didn't have the money. We didn't have the money. So we went camping everywhere. My oh. dad would take me, my dad would take me fishing when we were camping. My uh -huh. sister hated it. Um, I do have a sister. She's three years older than I am. Yeah. Complete opposites. She's like a bookworm. I was a tomboy. My dad wanted a boy. He got his tomboy. He got you. But so he would take me fishing and not her because, you know, he'd teach me how to clean them and gut them. And I was cool, totally cool with that. Yeah. It was not a big deal. So you were like a good little fisherman? I was. It was fun. Well, what was it like to not fly until you were 21? Like, I didn't know because like I, I never missed it because I didn't know what... Yeah, I had yeah, no but, idea. But what was it like to be up in the air at 21 and just like looking down? Because I remember when I flew for the first Anxiety. Time. Oh, really? <laughs> Especially it when you're older. Like, it was like magical to me. It, it was it was a little scary for me because I was older. Mm -hmm. I think that if when you start as a little kid, it's different, obviously. Yeah. Okay. You know. Do you remember what some of the games you guys played as a kid? Do you? Oh, like... my God. Um. Yeah. Back. I mean, I mean, think about it. Back in the 70s, we didn't have. We didn't have the video games. We didn't right. have all those kind of things. Internet, nothing. Yeah. So we had to build fires and I mean, put, you know, <laughs> this is funny, actually. <laughs> I put leaves together and, you know, make a fire out in the driveway. And my mom like got all scared. I was going to become a pyromaniac. <laughs> but anyway, um, we played with games like, um, oh my God, do you remember Spirograph? Uh -huh. oh, I love I, that. I had that. Spirograph. I used to love that. Life. Mystery date. Mm-hmm. I played with G.I. Joe's, matchbook cars. No, I mean, no dolls, no Barbies. You know what? No, my sister had the ball. My sister had the Barbie dolls. I okay. wanted to play with G.I. Joe's. Okay, that mm. explains it. I um, know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're getting somewhere. I know. Okay, so speaking of, you know, how you were kind of, kind of um, a little tomboy, I yeah. guess. I remember you told a story 
told me a story about your what was it your third grade teacher oh my god that's right you were and like tell him about that that's right tell him that my third grade teacher pulled my mother into a parent teacher conference and told my mother that I was going to turn out to be a juvenile delinquent because of the fact that I never wore dresses or skirts to school. I only wore pants. I love it. Go figure. What the hell is that all about? So my mom, she literally scared my mom. Yeah. And so my mom made me wear dresses and skirts the rest of elementary school. And I remember, by the way, it was, I, I had my cowboy boots on with them. And I remember my mom and my dad fighting about it. My dad would just be like, God, let her wear the cowboy boots. That's awesome. Yeah. But he was like on your side. But a juvenile delinquent? Seriously? That's funny because you were a wearing A third grade pants. teacher? Come on. Can you imagine pants. today in today's right. day and age? Yeah. No. There's no way. No way. So how were you as a teenager? If you were a delinquent as a child. I wasn't a delinquent <laughs> as a child. <laughs> With your jeans <laughs> and your boots. So- I mean, let's be honest. I mean, in your teenage years, you think you know it all. My parents got divorced when I was 13. Mm -hmm. So obviously at that point in time, my mom left and then my sister and I had lived with my dad. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I tested the waters and the boundaries as far as I could go. And I was a little rebellious. Yeah. You know, there's no doubt. I was, yeah, I was testing them. Who was your first crush in um, high school or as a teenager? Do you remember? Like your poster on your wall? Like who was it? Actually, I'm going to say that we're, we're going to go back probably, I guess, what, 10, 11. Yeah. Donnie Osmond. <laughs> Donnie Osmond, Leif Garrett, Bobby Sherman. I mean, all these different names. But as far as, you know, who came on the scene, who actually caught my eye and I should have known something at this point in time. What were her, was her name? Is Christy um, McNeil. Mm. I think that was her name. Mm. And she was like a little cute tomboyish and I remember just even being 13 I thought oh she's kind of cute <laughs> just not really thinking of anything so else. 13 yeah, yeah 13. okay yeah. all right so 13 is that when you kind of started noticing you were into girls is that when it was I'm gonna say I was around 13 I was playing softball by the way I played softball from the time I was in fourth grade I know all these things. I played with G.I. Joe's. Yeah, I played Joe's. softball. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, did I was, you wear flannel a lot? I didn't wear flannel a oh, lot. Okay. <laughs> I think you did. I did. Um, but yeah, when I was 13, I had the thought of, wow, what would it be like to kiss a girl? And mm-hmm. that was pretty much it. I mean, like. 13. Yeah. yeah, I was 13. Mm-hmm. You know, is it weird? Is it different? Is it like an alien? I mean. You're going to hit me struck by lightning. But then? yeah, I mean, I had that thought. Yeah. It was very bizarre, but I didn't act on it until I was in high school. Okay. All right. You know. Did you um, do anything to make money as a teenager? Like, did you have any jobs, odd jobs? Like, what'd you do to make money? It's funny because I, <laughs> I, I did a lot of going around the neighborhood, mowing yards. And then, you know, you, I start babysitting, you know, I started babysitting because oh, yeah, they think, they think, you know, you're old <laughs> enough at 13, 14 to start babysitting. Yeah. And the interesting thing about that, that I'm going to tell us this actually that I've never said before, and that is I would go babysit for this couple. And again, mind you, we're in the seventies and they're kind of like hippies, you know, and everything, it was like freedom and drugs and not a big deal. So I would go over to their house to, you know, babysit their kids Mm -hmm. and they're getting stoned and they literally would hand me the joint (laughs) to ask me if I wanted to get stoned with them. And, you and did. I was I was thirteen, and, and you were going to watch their kids. I I did, yes, I Which did. 
crazy. I know. Who would you imagine? Can you imagine no, handing your s- child over and somebody going, "Hey, do you want to get stoned no, before you watch my like, child?" My son was a baby at thirteen. Yeah, you know, like that's crazy. Well, these kids are obviously very young because they never um, came out of their rooms. I mean, yeah. were they there? I don't. I don't you know. Don't even I was stoned. But I I remember this so vividly mm-hmm. because of the fact that they got me stoned. And then I remember getting the munchies and probably eating all their Captain Crunch, you know, and then all of a sudden they walk through the door and I go, oh, what'd you forget? And they were like, we've been gone for two hours. Oh my God. Was that the first time you ever smoked then? Yeah. Yeah. At a babysitting job. At a babysitting job. Wow. I mean, come on. Who does that? Except hippies in the 70s. Hilarious. Put that on your resume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. So going from there, did you ever want to actually become an actress or did you ever think you wanted to be like, what did you want to be when you grew up? I'm still asking myself that question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Actually, uh, I never thought about becoming an actress. It's really strange. I didn't look at people on television and go, oh, my God, I want to do this. More than anything, I wanted to be a rock star. I mean, I played a mean air guitar And I remember grabbing whatever I could grab, like a hairbrush or, you know, something that resembled a microphone. And I would be in my living room and just like, you know, just lip syncing and wailing. And I remember that. I mean, God, that was like yesterday, it feels like. You don't have a picture of that, unfortunately? I don't have a picture of that. What can I say? So, okay, so how was high school for you? Were you popular? Were Were you playing sports? Like, what were you? How was your high school experience? I had a great high school experience. My freshman, sophomore year, my whole goal in high school, believe it or not, was to hit the varsity team, volleyball, basketball, and softball. I wanted to hit varsity all with those sports my first freshman year. And I actually did. So that to me was an accomplishment. Yeah. And I'll talk about my coach in a minute, but um, high school was great. Was I popular? I, I kind of want to say I hung around with the popular crowd, but I mean, if you saw me in high school, no, I didn't look like the really cool, like popular girl. I mean, here, did you I go to prom. I did go to prom, as a matter of fact. And I do have a photo. Check this out. That is my prom photo. That looks like my mom's wedding dress. Hey, like come on now. What can I say? Oh, look at you. I know. Braces. My hair was up. I was, oh, I was so mad at my mom. My mom put my hair up for the prom and I walked in. She's like, oh, it'll be so pretty. You know, and I walk in and all the girl's hair is down. Really? It looks like normal. You Everybody know. had their hair up at mine. It was no, all like in this did. crazy tight Nobody curls did. and like, yeah. Exactly. But I mean, check this out. This is my, this is what I look like at 17. Oh my God. Okay. A, a mouthful, a mouthful of braces. My hair parted down the middle. I mean, I was I was just a normal, average yeah. high school girl. Yeah. You know? Okay. So high school was a lot of fun for me. Again, let's go back to the, God, my coach in high school, Coach Dudek was her name. And I really contribute a lot of my, a lot of my discipline mm-hmm. and how to train to her. Because our very first year in like, because obviously she coached all three, by the way, volleyball, softball, basketball. So- She coached all three, but the way her conditioning was, was intense. Like she would have us put ankle weights on and run up and down the bleachers and then run around the track and jump rope. And then she'd take the ankle weights off and we'd have to do it all again. Then we went in and started practicing whatever sport it was. 
And it was just drills after drills after drills. But you know what I learned? She took our team every single year and we were completely, some years we were undefeated. We were in first place. I mean, it was awesome. Wow. She made me like literally the athlete that I, that I was and that I am today. So she was an amazing coach and I got to give that to her. So she was like a legit coach. She was a legit coach. Not like coach. my high school where, you know, like, yeah, you can run or jog. Or oh, no, no, you no, want. no, no. She wanted, she wanted to take our team first place. And so, wow. yeah, that was, that's one thing that I learned from her. So it was super amazing, you know, in the high school experience with that. And by the way, she was the very first one that took us in the weight room. She even took her, all the girls into the weight room. Wow. To get us stronger. That's awesome. So, whereas they wouldn't have been because right. they were doing like aerobics and yeah, exactly. Whatever. Yeah. So as I got older and went into the gym, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I wasn't completely new to the gym setting because she had taken us in there, mm-hmm. mind you, freshman sophomore. Yeah. You know, kind of situation. Yeah. So. So did you did you ever throw any you know like rager parties in high school were you like did you ever go to parties well it's interesting that you say that because i okay so my freshman sophomore year i was at san bernardino high school Mm -hmm. and once my parents got divorced though i lived with my dad by the way super rebellious again pushing the limits curfews at midnight i'd come in at two in the morning it must have done that one too many times your third grade teacher was right actually, maybe a little bit so i must have done that one too many times yeah and i came in one evening and he was sitting at the table and it was pitch dark i thought i was sneaking in and all of a sudden i heard this where have you been <laughs> and i just must have had a heart attack you know he was so pissed because i was okay yeah. he was worried i understand that i get that mm-hmm. but he gathered up all my clothes at two in the morning put them all in his truck, all my stuff, everything, drove to my mom's house, threw all my shit on the front lawn and said, take her. I'm fucking done. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of intense. And that was my sophomore year. (laughs) He was not having it. Mm -mm. So therefore moving into my stepfather's house, he was a chiropractor. So he had a a large house Mm -hmm. and the backyard was beautiful big backyard perfect pool right in the middle you know everything right so my junior year we decided to throw a party my parents um my mom and and him went up to las vegas and i thought oh my god perfect time we hired a band we had kegs we charged money to get in the door i mean it was like we put flyers out even. Mm-hmm. This wasn't like a small party. This is like, we made flyers. Wow. And so the flyers went to our high school and then to other high schools. Mm-hmm. It was a rager. And this must've been, I mean, we must've literally had two, 300 kids at this party. Yeah, it was crazy. And you were charging. And we were charging money at the door. We had wow. to pay the band. We had to pay off the keg. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny thing is, is that of course your parents call every night. We should have known this, but we were kids and we didn't even think about it. Right. And that is, they called one evening and my stepsister answered the phone. She got nervous and hung up. (laughs) Instead of just not answering the phone. Well, they would have kept calling because they knew we were home. So I don't even know what we were thinking at that point in time. But what they did is they called the neighbor. The neighbor's Mm -hmm. like, "Um, yeah, you've got like two, 300 kids in your house. And so they called the cops on us. We had helicopters and cop cars and everything else. Helicopters. Yeah. 100%. Did you get in big time trouble? No, we were minors. We were minors. We had to give all the money away to um, charity, which kind of sucked. 
Wow, that was it. Yeah. And then did, were you grounded? Did they? Oh, God, yeah. I got grounded all the time. <laughs> so. And that's how I got so good at playing pool because my stepfather had a pool table. <laughs> so when I was grounded, I would just play pool all the time. So did your dad know that you were also into girls? Is that why he was also over you? Did you no. notice you were? No. When, when did you realize that you were gay or bisexual? Or did you have a boyfriend first? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I dated, I dated all, you know, mm. all through high school. Um, no, I thought, it, I, like I said, I thought about what it was like to kiss a girl when I was 13. Mm-hmm. I met my best friend, my junior year, you know, basically I'm, I'm going to blame it on her. Yes, I will. Because she's the one who was like, I have a secret I want to tell you. It's always the it's always the best friend. <laughs> and it was just, you know, I kissed another girl. And it was yeah. almost like testing the waters how I was going to react. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. We wound up making out. Wow. Yeah. And it kind of started there. Uh-huh. Um, and what was funny is that I don't, I, I mean, yeah, she was my girlfriend, but I never considered her my girlfriend. It was just something we were doing. I thought I was a phase. So your parents had no idea this was happening. My parents had no clue whatsoever. You know, I was, we were dating guys. We were going on dates, you yeah. know, me and her, my best friends. We'd go home and sleep together. <laughs> and, the, and did the guys ever know? <laughs> they never knew. Wow. They never knew. Wow. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. That's crazy. I think but, I did that once, actually. It's funny you say I'm that. I'm sure you did. I won't mention any names. But, but again, I thought it was a phase. I really did. I thought it was a phase that I was going through. Yeah. And eventually I was going to get married, have kids, have the normal life, because that's what my parents like brainwashed me into thinking. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to go to college. It wasn't like I was thinking of a career. Right. You know, and that was kind of sad. You know, I, I wish that they had definitely kind of molded me into giving something. You a path of some yeah, sort. giving me a path, but there was yeah. no path. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, she'll get married and have kids because that's what they did. Yeah. You know, they didn't know anything else. And so it kind of trickled down, you know, she what was they like, knew. You're pretty. You'll find a man. I'll take care of you. So it was a phase I was going through. I mm-hmm. didn't admit it to myself really until I was 28. And that's when I met one of my girlfriends that I completely fell in love with. She was gorgeous. And I just went, I'm gay. Do you have I'm a gay. photo of this time in your life? You um, I, I do At not, all? but I'm sure that I could probably find one. Oh, I, I do have a photo. <laughs> I do have a photo of when I was 19. Remember the parachute pants? Oh my God, yes. Oh yeah. I'm loving the hair and the head, the headband really. Oh yeah, what I'm loving. exactly. That was when, um, around 19 when I was just starting to go out. Okay. So just starting to go out and party, maybe? Yeah. Going out um, and partying. So when was the first time that... Okay, what kind of jobs did you have, actually? Oh, God, um, my like first job? Got, yeah, when you were a little bit older, like, I don't know, out of high school. What were you doing? Did we all start at McDonald's? Because I did. No, <laughs> I didn't do fast food. I did um, serving, but I didn't do fast food. Now, see, I was never a server. Yeah. I was a bartender, but oh, I was okay. never a server. So I started at McDonald's, went to Del Taco... I think I was a cashier at like a, a car wash. Mm-hmm. I worked at UPS as a cashier, not as a, a trucker, think driver or whatever, loading the trucks. And then I worked at a place called Celatex Marley. It might still be there. Who knows? But they made Spanish tiles for roofs. That was okay. like the labor job. Uh-huh. 
Then I went to like this place called Leo Stereo. Mm -hmm. Leo Stereo, Leo's Stereo and University Stereo. Okay, back then, I don't think they were across the United States. I think in California. But like you would go there to buy your big, huge home speakers and your turntables yeah. and your cassette decks, mm -hmm. yep. you know, and stuff like that. So yep. there was just this ginormous store. Mm -hmm. I worked there down in um, Newport Beach. Yeah. And then I kind of graduated and went into their corporate office, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact. And their corporate office, we were just like auditors, meaning that, you know, back then, again, it wasn't computers where everything was, you know, pushed out to corporate. It was like, literally, they had couriers bringing in their packets to corporate with their receipts, their money and everything. We audited to make sure they matched. Right. That's what we did. And that job was a lot of fun, but that, and there was two reasons why that job was a lot of fun. One of the reasons why is because I, at that point in time, I was like 19, 20 years old. Mm -hmm. I was getting into, I was a little bit more into girls, I want to say, started partying a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And then there was like, I remember there was a girl that would walk around the office and I'm not even joking. She would take our drug order. And what I mean by <laughs> that, I know it sounds absolutely terrible, but at the time you got to think at the time. Yeah. It's not now. It was back then. Reminds me of what it was the movie. I, uh, which one? With uh, the wolf on Wall Street or whatever. Pretty much, exactly. Well, you know what? Think about it because that's exactly what the orders they were taking, quaaludes and cocaine. Yeah. You know, and wow. we weren't excessive about it. It was on the weekends. Yeah. And so we would go like that Friday night meet up, you know, and have our little party at the house. And then we'd go over into Hollywood and there was this club and it was only for girls and it was called Peanuts. Wow. So it was actually a girl it was bar. actually a girl bar. And I was just like, again, I had my fake ID and I just thought, oh my God, this is the best thing. And it was cool. so much fun. There's no girl bars anymore. If anyone, someone, could you please open a girl bar? That'd be awesome. You would think in Los we, Angeles. Yeah, exactly. All places. We have a night. I know. We don't have They're a, all boys. And it's a Wednesday night. They're all boy clubs, but you still know, it's mostly different. boys. It's different. Yeah, exactly. It'd be cool to have a girl club. It would be. So... Okay, after all the partying. Yeah, I did party a lot. Oh, wait, you were, because you were working a lot. You were sitting a lot. And that's when you, I think, joined a gym, right? Because yeah, as a matter of fact, um, after I left University Stereo, I went to another company and I was, I was, I walked in and I, again, doing an accounting. And at that point in time, and I love these women, these, there was four women in the back that I worked with mm. and they're kind of heavy set. And I thought, oh my God, if I, if I sit here and I just do this and I keep eating, I, is this where my life is going? I mean, I was an athlete, yeah, you know? So I started going to the gym during lunch and that's when I hit, I don't know, way back when it was called Bally's. Mm -hmm. And remember, it was like you could you could have a Bally's membership for a dollar a year that or something like that. Fitness. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. So I would go on my lunch hour and I would, um, you know, all the girls were doing aerobics. I kind of did aerobics maybe a couple of times. Yeah. And then I went into the weight room because I wanted to lift weights. Mm -hmm. So okay. but then I kind of kind of somebody I met somebody and they said, you need to go around the corner here and there's another gym and it's more of a serious bodybuilding gym. And I think you'd fit in there. So I went over there and it's called Brignoli's. Hmm. And um, I met a couple really cool trainers and they're just like, oh my God, you have the genetics to be this uh, great bodybuilder. I didn't even know what bodybuilding was then. 
Wow. Yeah. So that's how you got introduced to the bodybuilding world. Did you actually um, do shows and did you get into that? Well, I actually started training and it was one year later Mm. I actually did my very first show. Yeah. Because my whole thing with me and my life, it's like, I need a goal. I couldn't just go in and train to train, Mm -hmm. you know, I needed a goal to go to. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to go into the gym every day or every morning, and that's really what I started doing, as a matter of fact, is I had to be at work at eight o'clock. I was so disciplined that I get up at 530 and I would be in the gym by six o'clock. I would train for an hour, hour and a half, and then get ready to go to work, which was right down the right down the way. Wow. I mean, I can't even get up now, <laughs> eight o'clock. <laughs> I have a problem getting up early to go have to go play golf, <laughs> you I'm know, which I love. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, back then it was like no big deal. Boop, pop up at five thirty, go to the gym. Wow. But I had a goal. Yeah. You know, I wanted to compete. Well, that's probably where your discipline came in was from. And that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say from my coach. Yeah. You know, it was pretty amazing. And so I started training. I had a couple trainers, as a matter of fact. My first one, and um, I'll give her credit, Lee Brandon, you're awesome. She's the one who actually kind of talked me into this, Mm -hmm. into bodybuilding. And she trained with me for a while. And then from her, I went into um, another trainer. His name was Andy Lodi. Mm-hmm. Andy was awesome. Andy was, Andy, even today, I can hear him in the back of my head going, come on, push it harder. You know, stop being a baby. I mean, yeah. you know, he was like that kind of a coach. Yeah. But yeah, it was just, it was pretty cool. I mean, as a matter of fact, I mean, this is, I have a couple photos here from my very first show ever. And what I looked like when I did actually diet down. Look at that. I mean, I was just like so little and thin, you know, but I had the muscle. This was in a year. That was a year. You were ripped in well, a and, year. And that's why they said genetically wow. I had what it took. You know, I had yeah. the shoulders. I had, you know, yeah. kind of like the V shape, the little hips, you yeah. know, and I just had to build the muscle on top of it. It's been like 20. I'm still trying to get like that. That's yeah, year. well, you know. <laughs> train like I do. That's why. <laughs> oh, oh, is that what it is? It might be the and hot you eat Cheetos. like shit. Let's be real. It might be the hot Cheetos. It's the hot Cheetos. What do you want? What are you looking for? I thought you had another picture. No, I'll get into those in a little bit. <laughs> okay. So how many shows did you do? Um, did after you my GoPro? Well, after my first show, um, let's see, I did, I did City. And then I did a couple like town type events mm-hmm. and then I did state and then I went nationals okay. and you had to win the nationals in order to go pro mm. at that point in time back then. Yeah. I don't know what it's like now. And, um, I wanted to go pro, but that's when gladiators came along. But throughout my bodybuilding year, I mean, if you think about did it, you make money in bodybuilding. Like how did that back then? There was there was no money to be made in female bodybuilding mm-hmm. unless you went pro. And even if you went pro, you just got, I'm sure you got a couple endorsements. You got some magazine coverage, but there was no money to, oh, well, unless you became a personal trainer, mm-hmm. you know, you could make money that Famous way. Trainer, yeah. But I would say most of the women, not even most, I'm going to say a handful. Mm-hmm. Um, back then there was this underground kind of female wrestling thing 
going mm, on. The underground. Well, mm. and this came out with um, the documentary Killer Sally. Mm. And she was spot on. I mean, that going into that, and I always said, oh my God, there needs to be a documentary literally all about the underground kind of like side hustle that, you know, female bodybuilders do as far as the wrestling world is concerned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting because um, I tried it once. I did. because I mean, the money's there. Yeah. Because what was happening is these guys would get in touch with you and they called themselves producers, you know, and they said, hey, we'd love to do a video with you. We'll pay you $500, you know, and, and back then I was like, oh my God, okay, $500 for a video. What do I got to do? Oh, you're just going to be wrestling a couple dudes. Did you have to stand on their balls and stuff? Stop. We didn't <laughs> do that. That's, that's the fetish shit later on. I mean, oh, no, okay, okay. My bad. I, that's, that's a whole nother subject. Well, to, I'll tell know. you about that. I had to know who I'm dealing with here, you know? Well, and so the bodybuilding, I mean, that, that wrestling world, mm -hmm. you know, again, you know, would you do this? I was like, oh, 500 bucks, just wrestle some guys. You know, I was big and buff at the time. I was like, oh, why not? And I remember when I was, when I was actually doing this, mm -hmm. I thought, oh, again, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to offend anyone or, you know, kind of like look down. There's, I'm not looking down on it. It mm -hmm. just wasn't for me. Yeah. I didn't feel right about it. I didn't feel right about having a dude's head between my legs when they're pretending and they're like, squeeze my head harder when their face was in my crotch. Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel this stuff. Something yeah, didn't fit. Yeah, I could see that. You know, kinda, and then you know. there's like a lot of different moves um, in wrestling called the scissor move. Literally, they lay on top of you and you're supposed to, you know, bear hug them. Well, they're laying on top of you. I mean, of it's course. like all these different things. And just for me, super sleazy, like, yeah. I mean, it just it wasn't for me. And mm. I and I did I did try it once, you know, yeah. so I'm sure if somebody I don't even know if it's out there, or they tossed it or burned it or whatever, who knows, but um, yeah, that whole world is really interesting. And then it, it kind of goes further into the fetish. I mean, I do have a few friends that have done it and like, oh my God, there's, you know, certain videos out there to where it's like, you can get paid to kick these guys in the balls. Yeah. I mean, how crazy is that? I mean, sign me up, you know? <laughs> Shit, I'll do that all day for three hundred dollars an hour. Where are you at? Oh no, it's more than that. I got it's... some shit kicking boots. I can kick you in the balls all day long if you want. Oh my god, you're terrible. <laughs> Gonna pay me to do that? I know, sure, right? Why not? But yeah. um, as far as the bodybuilding uh, was concerned, I mean, I I really got into it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Did you get your pro card? I never got my pro card. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I I wish that I I kind of wish I would have had I would have already went there. Yeah. But that year is when the gladiator tryouts came along. Mm -hmm. mm. So, well, not even then let's put it, let's go back. I placed third in the nationals in the heavyweight. Mm -hmm. And so I actually did, I have to, I have to win the nationals yeah. in order to go pro. So I would have had to keep competing. Yeah. Let's put it that way in order to win the nationals to go pro. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so how did you end up hearing about the gladiator tryouts and stuff? Hmm. that's going to come later. Okay. But as far as, let's go back to the bodybuilding for a minute, because there's a lot of things that, I mean, I'd like to touch on that a lot of people don't know, okay. you know, and that is like um, what I ate, how I got ready for these shows. I mean, it's out there, 
But at the same time, I think back then it was, um, it was pretty unhealthy. Yeah. The way you guys lost it so fast and then you gained a bunch of weight. Well, and then can we talk about, you know, the little taboo part of it that everyone is intrigued about, I'm sure about, you know, how steroids were, you know, in every sport it was, it was everywhere. It, yeah. I mean, so, let's be real. And you yeah. can't get it. It is, a, it is, a, and it's, it's, it is an enhancement. Now, mind you, it's not a magic pill. Mm. And that's one thing I will talk about is mm -hmm. steroids are not a magic pill. It's like if you're taking them, you still have to train your ass off mm -hmm. and you still have to eat correctly yeah. in order to gain that muscle or get ripped. Right. Well, the problem was, is what was happening is I won my first show. And it wasn't a problem, but I'm so competitive mm -hmm. that, okay, bring on the next show. Mm. Well, the next show I placed second. And I was mm. like, oh, well, that's kind of bullshit. What do you mean I placed second? So what was happening, I noticed, is the judges, they were, they were picking the bigger, the more ripped girls. So mm -hmm. therefore, it kind of, if you wanted to be in the sport, mm -hmm. and I'll call it a sport, you know, it really is. If you wanted to be there, you had to play the game. Yeah. So if the judges are picking bigger, more ripped, well, guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to make the decision. Do I go into the world of steroids or do I not? Yeah. Because you're not going to get that big, though, without steroids. No. I mean, it's was... absolutely impossible for a woman to do that. No. Well, even men were striving to be what um, Arnold and um, yep. Ferrigno. Oh, God. Yeah. I exactly. mean, you can't. You can't, you can't get there without I mean, it's it. It's like go big or go home at that point. One hundred percent. Age, right? Yep. So, yep. That's how it was. So I, okay, as competitive as I was, yeah, mm -hmm. I dabbled. I definitely did the steroids, and in order to win, to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. But I was always a little afraid of them, you know. So I was kind of like very, um, I want to say, minimal when it came to like, the steroids. So yeah, no, yeah just a little bump. <laughs> yeah. So if somebody was like, okay, well, you need to take, you know, like, let's say if it was, yes, some of them were injections, which is even more insane because mm. I'm super afraid of needles. And I mean, yeah. I pass out at taking blood, <laughs> Yeah, you know, but, you know, yeah. some of them, you know, you had to stick a needle in your ass. And, you know, if it was like take one CC, I would literally take half or even maybe a quarter of it. Mm -hmm. I was so kind of really... You know, I was shy about taking them. I was just like, oh, my God, I don't want to look like this big dude and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, yeah, I look back on my bodybuilding photos and I'm like, holy fuck, I, I got pretty big. <laughs> you, <know>? you think? <laughs> do you have the picture? You have. I do have. I do have some um, photos like, here, as a matter of fact. super cut. And then when you after, when you let it all hang out and let it go. Yeah, I do. I mean, here are here's a bunch of photos that like from. You know, the beginning of bodybuilding um, all the way through different, you know. Yeah. Exactly. So, yep. you know, these will be definitely shown. You guys are all see these things. These are just amazing <laughs> photos. You're going to see all the photos, actually. I'm sure you have. cake one. That's awesome. But oh, it's... this is you in a dress right here. Yes. This yes. is not something that I have. Okay. So that was the other thing. There was like a lot of guys that wanted to photograph a lot of yeah. these muscular girls and they're like, Hey, can you put on five inch heels? And I was just like, I felt so stupid. I was like, I'm like a big bodybuilder girl. Why do you want to see me in five inch heels? Right. I don't know. It was just one of the things back then. Where's the one of you? Um, you have the one, the after. 
Okay, so this is my favorite. I know, I know, I know. Because it, lo- I can't even believe it's you. Now okay. here's here's the inch. Okay, and I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna talk about this photo for a minute. Yeah. So before <laughs> a comp, stop laughing. <laughs> before a competition, we would do wow. something called bulking up. Yep. Which meant that you're gonna eat anything and everything under the sun to put as much weight on and hopefully muscle on as you can. <sighs> Before you start dieting down to the show. Yeah. So I would try to gain as much weight as I possibly could before dieting down. Mm -hmm. So that photo right there, I mean, I think I got up one time to 180, Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact. And I was competing at 155. Wow. If that tells you anything. So we would take three months to diet down. Yeah. Now, mind you, your body, why three months and why it was so hard is because your body naturally would rather feed off of muscle first Mm -hmm. rather than body fat because it's just the way our body's made for survival mechanisms. Mm. So you had to train your ass off with heavy weights, do cardio, and at the same time, diet down. Now, there's a lot of things that I know now that I wish I'd known back then, Mm -hmm. like when I talk about dieting down, I was eating nothing but boiled fish, um, let's say mm. uh, chicken breast only, broccoli with no sauce, no nothing, and like maybe a baked potato or a small thing of rice or pasta. Okay, so these were so strict. And then once a week while we were dieting down, we could have <laughs> what is called a carb day. Well, that carb day was more of a cheat day to where you could eat whatever you wanted. So I was eating like, we would go to breakfast and I kid you not, I wanted everything on the menu because I was so hungry from dieting all week. Mm. I would have pancakes and omelets. And and by the time the day was done, you were sick. I was going to say, did you make yourself <laughs> sick after that? Yeah, after you were. After eating so clean and then mm-hmm. eating syrup and butter and all that? Oh, no doubt. Yeah. You were so sick and gassy. <laughs> You were like, oh, I just want to diet again. (laughs) You were ready to diet the next day. I'm not even joking. So we would do this for three months to hold as much muscle as we possibly could. And Mm. now here's the insane part. Mm. We'd go to the show, we'd do the show. And literally the next day, we would just like eat whatever we wanted. And you would gain almost 10, 15 pounds in one week. No way. And how that's possible, it's just all through water weight. You know, it's insane. So you would just blow up and look like this balloon as you're walking through the gym when somebody just goes, oh, my God, she was shredded two weeks ago. How crazy. But that's what I meant by I wish I'd have known things back then that I know now. Like, I mean, we completely took out all the fats out of our diet completely, 100 percent, like everything. I wish that I would have known that if I would have been adding some avocados, good fats, some peanut butter, some fat. Well, my body would have released mm-hmm. the yeah, fat easier, mm-hmm. you know, because since I was completely starving it and depleting all, it just yeah. hung on to it as much as I you know, possibly could. But yeah, there was, you know, there was steroids to get big and then there were steroids to cut, mm. you know, I mean, I remember um, there was, there's something out there called Winstrel V. Now, <laughs> this is, I'm laughing about it because I'm thinking what an idiot I was, <laughs> you know, Winstrel V is a horse steroid mm. it's for racehorses wow. it's for racehorses and you would take the rinstrel v before the competition because it would get you shredded wow you know how but long, again how long so before stupid. were you taking it like two months before oh really yeah everything was i mean to me i tried to keep everything in moderation but um obviously 
once bodybuilding was done, I was done. I done, done with steroids. Mm -hmm. Didn't ever touch them again. Wow. You know, so even when I went into gladiators, when they're all, everybody was thinking that we were all on steroids. No, that was way before the show, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. during no, didn't nothing like that. Okay. You know, so the bodybuilding days, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was really intense. Um, I did it for a solid, I'm going to say six to seven years, mm -hmm. but that's exactly what led me up to gladiators. I would have yeah. never gotten gladiators if I hadn't have chosen this path. Mm -hmm. So honestly, everything that I've done in my, in my early, early days mm -hmm. completely led me up to the time when I went to go try out for the American gladiators. I was ready. I was prepared. Yeah. And I didn't even know I was preparing myself. Okay. So that's more, we're going to get into that in the next episode. Yes. So we have to wait. Yes. The next episode is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be um, all about basically my, my first year trying out what it was like. That's awesome. You know? So recap, basically. Um, recap on today is, I mean, everything that I did in my childhood, I feel I had a great childhood. I was a little rebellious. Um, I think I was a normal teenager, but you know, I think back on different things and I was like, well, maybe, you know, I could have done things differently, but, um, but you know what? I wouldn't change a thing for the world. Everything led me up to where I was supposed to be at that time. Yeah. Especially and, your coach getting you like prepared for such intense training. Absolutely. From, from, yeah, my coach teaching me from my other coaches and bodybuilding, um, getting my body ready mm -hmm. and prepared. But yeah, it was, you know, I had a great childhood. It led me up to where I was supposed to be. And yeah, it's it was it was awesome. It was great. And so this is the part of the story that nobody has ever heard before. Like, how were you before a gladiator? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, what led you up to this? How were you as a child? Yeah. Well, as a little tomboy, rebellious little shit. <laughs> I mean, I left a lot of things out, but you know what the hell? It was fun. And that's how you get ice right here. Exactly. <laughs> so thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was. I'm excited to, for the next episode, too. I am excited, be, too. That's going to be a fun one to do as well. Yep. Yeah. All right. That's it. Signing off. Signing off. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Chillin' with Ice. And don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, and share wherever you listen to your podcast. Remember to follow us on Patreon and YouTube at Chillin' with Ice. And on Instagram and TikTok, you can follow me at lori.ice.fetrick. I look forward to chilling with you next time here on Chilling with Ice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.